Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, October 15th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? My name is Quinn, and this is my show. We're coming to you live on a Friday afternoon on the north side of Chicago, one of the top 500 podcasts in the local area. We are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the country of Pakistan. Hello to my friends in Hyderabad, Islamabad, Khyber Pass, all that good stuff, Urdu world, the whole industry. What's happening? Thanks for tuning in. This is my show, and listener discretion is advised when you're checking out the Bean Town Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. I got to tell you, I'm coming to you live from my home in Chicago. It's a day off. Uh, I actually have a four-day weekend uh, because I'm just... Kind of running out of real estate here. We got, what, 10 weeks left in the year or something like that. And so I needed to literally just start taking days off. Um, that was such a strange thing. I don't know if this is unique to my university or if it's unique to higher education or education or if it's just an entire like COVID thing with you know the work from home situation this year and last. But it was really hard to take vacation. I think when we started working from home, there was just this expectation that like you are always on. And in a sense that was true sometimes, like sometimes I was always on. Yeah, I, I send emails at 7 a.m. and I send emails at 7 p.m. I'm sure that happens all the time. Um, not as much these days now that I'm back in the office, but still, you know, to an extent that happens. But with work from home, when that was, you know, the, the full time thing, it was just kind of like the nine to five lines really got thrown out the window and it made it like you're always working. So I don't know if anyone else experienced this, but it was really hard to take vacation this year. Um, and so what that meant is like, I just had to start taking time, uh, at the end of the year. Cause I only get to carry over five days. And so like taking a four day weekend this, uh, this weekend off today and off Monday, which is great. Um, we're going to uh, Lake Geneva tonight to uh, be up beyond the Cheddar Curtain for a hot second. Just two two quick nights, a quick trip, but it'll be nice. Um, and then, you know, moving ahead, I still, you know, there's what, like 10 weeks left in the year or something. I still have four more vacation days to take off. And I have Christmas is on a, what, a Friday this year uh, or a Saturday, I think. Basically, the week leading up to Christmas, I get Thursday and Friday off from my employer. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm taking off. So I have that entire week. And then the week after Christmas, the last full week of the year, I get off just from my employer as well as part of my job. So I have those last two weeks of December off. So, I mean, I'm literally pulling up my phone calendar here to, you know, visualize what are we looking at here. So I'm not going to take any more time off the rest of October. I'm busy, got stuff to do. It's a very busy last couple of weeks in October here. A lot of meetings with students, finish up teaching my class, all that stuff. Then you get in, okay, so now we're looking at at November. And yeah, the first three weeks are, are full weeks. I could definitely take a day or two there somewhere if I wanted to. And then the next week, the fourth week of November is Thanksgiving week. 
and I'm planning to, you know, just work kind of the normal uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week because, um, you know, Thursday's Thanksgiving and Friday is a, a, a federal holiday. I think everyone gets Friday off for the most part, unless you're like working in retail and stuff. And you're like, well, that would be a, a you know, it would make sense to take some time off that week as well, right? But it's kind of just like, I don't know. I always feel like by the time the Sunday of like Thanksgiving break rolls around, so your fourth straight day off, I'm kind of just like ready to go back because um, it's usually a kind of a busy time. So I don't really need to take that Wednesday off, and we'll just be local for Thanksgiving anyways. So it's kind of like, well, it's not going to happen that week. And then we got, let's see. The next week, you start in November, finishes in December, and then you got two more weeks after that. So there's three full work weeks between um, between Thanksgiving break and when I'm done for Christmas, which is also done for 2021 calendar year. So really, I'm probably, and this kind of happened to me last year too, but I'm probably just going to be taking four days of vacation randomly at some point uh, in those three weeks, very end of November into December, which is fine. It's just kind of like, I, I don't know. For me, when I when you don't have a car, like a vacation day can be nice. Like, for example, today, you know, I, I did my laundry, took out the garbage, like clean up around the house a little bit, uh, practice some piano. Uh, things are really moving positively in that direction, which is good. I'm getting excited. Hopefully, hopefully before the end of 2021 to put out a recording of what I've been working on. Uh, that would be that would be a you know great thing to be able to do and, and kind of move on to the next thing. But not not sure yet. I can't commit myself to that. Um, but you know, when you don't have a car on a vacation day, it's kind of just like. Well, I'm just going to be here. And the other thing, too, is like I'm off today, but Rachel's not off today, nor is she off on Monday. So I'm kind of probably going to be doing the same thing on Monday, you know, just kind of hanging out, watching a lot of TV, watching Justified, great FX series uh, from the early 2010s, ran for six seasons, Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins. I love those guys. Took me, as with most shows, took me a little bit to get into it, but now I'm just like, boom, turn it on. I'm loving this action. If you like Ozark, you like Breaking Bad, it's it's kind of similar to these, you know, it's it's got that feel. I think we understand that feel, except, you know, Breaking Bad is very much American Southwest. Ozark is Missouri and the Ozarks, by extension, and uh, Justified is Appalachia, okay? So they're, they're kind of each filling their separate roles here. And uh, so far, I think Justified is, like, not as, I don't know. It, it hasn't quite gotten into the level of, like, oh, there's an entire season-long arc going on, and it seems to be a little bit more just kind of, like, oh, this episode's fun, this episode's fun. And there's some of that, like, some of the deeper, like, themes or lines you know, permeating throughout the entire show or seasons, but it's it's not quite there yet. But I, I know it's 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 still getting better. I'm on season two right now and finding its footing. So I do really enjoy it. It's on Hulu. Um, if you're you know ever looking, and it's very critically acclaimed. It's uh, a lot of people enjoy it. I got to tell you, I'm I'm drinking right now, not alcohol, which is a shame. I haven't had I I didn't drink it all last week, and then. 
uh, because of my marathon. And we'll talk about that in a second. Oh, boy. Uh, and then after the marathon slash basically during, you might have seen the finish line photos. I'm carrying a PBR in my right hand, I believe. It was awesome. There was a guy handing them out at, like, Michigan and Roosevelt, so right when you make the turn up the hill. It was amazing. I really needed it because Sunday was a very difficult day. And so I cracked that and, like, slammed that for the most part as I crossed the finish line. You also get, like, a 20-ounce 312, uh, which you don't have to use your drink ticket for, which is great um, as you're, like, you know, between the – you cross the finish line, then you're just, like, walking, and they're giving you all sorts of free stuff, the space jackets, uh, plastic bags with, like, Pringles and fruit and stuff, and um, I think – I got a muscle milk there, a bit chocolate milk, basically. And then also the 312. So at a certain point, I was like, I was actually double fisting a PBR in one hand, a 312 in the other hand, which was awesome. Uh, does that mean the entire marathon, what I went through, is worth it? Maybe. I don't know. I just love double fisting. Uh, and so I, I worked on those two. And then I had one more, uh, a newer, I think it's a seasonal. Goose Island beer at sort of the after party that he used my drink ticket on. Rachel had like a lemonade shandy or something. Um, And then that was it. That's what I had um, to drink on Sunday. And then I I had Monday off of this week. I took the day after the marathon off to just rest, which I needed. But I didn't drink at all um, the rest of this week. And so I'm thinking like, okay, I'm I'm off today. If you're curious, it's about 2.30 in the afternoon right now. I wouldn't normally have a drink this early, but I'm kind of like, you know what, day off, like just chilling. Like we're going to get a little podcast going. Like let's go, let's go grab a beer. Because I've had, I, I've had, you know, not a lot of beer, but just like five or six random beers. Like I literally think I have like five beers in my fridge right now. They're all different. I've got like a PBR old style I got one of the the Twilight Ale. Is that what it is from Deschutes? I've got um, a Bell's Oberon, maybe. Oh, I don't remember what what exactly I have back there. And then uh, Walt and my sister-in-law, Kelly, when they got married about a month ago, very generously gave a bunch of us a lot of beer that they had brought up from Austin. And these these are, you know, tall boys. They're like 16, 20 ounces, whatever. And so I'm like, you know what? I haven't, you know, I haven't had any of these because I wasn't drinking a lot between the wedding when I got these and now uh, because of my marathon. So I was like, you know what? I would love to dig into one of these, sip on a beer I've never had before, cool, crisp, refreshing, like the Samson Q2U series or like my stand-up comedy as I am doing this show for the fans today. So I grab one, not really paying attention, you know, doing something else. And I crack it open right before I start recording and it is... uh, I, I'm not complaining. It's just not what I expected. Why? Because it's not beer. And if Walter Kelly was saying, they probably know what I'm about to say. It's water in a in a a, a can. Richards rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. So just to be clear, I'm drinking water from a. Uh, it's not carbonated, but it was in a can. Like you would drink a tall boy or something. Caught, clean, bottled, fresh, local, everywhere, 100% rain. I suppose they could just put whatever water they want in here and be like, this is rainwater. I ought to try that. We can change the way the world drinks water. Drink the rain, save the planet. But it, you're trying to change the way the world drinks water, but we're drinking it from a disposable 
aluminum cans. So I, I don't really know who's who's changing what here, but uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a sip and I'll tell you the flavor profile. It's water. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, in all honesty, uh, in all seriousness, thank you to Walton Kelly for the very generous gift. I'm glad we could celebrate with you. It's just not quite the beer I was, you know, expecting. So now I got to go back later and, you know, they, hey, they, they told us when they came up, we brought everyone a bunch of beer. I got to go into my fridge. Did they actually just bring us water where we hoodwinked? Um, what kind of devious, dastardly plan was this? I don't know. Um, I got nothing against rainwater, but it's just kind of unexpected, you know, because I've been drinking water and iced coffee all morning. I'm like, you know what I could go for? And Nathan, in Nathan feel their fashion, a mother effing beer. And so I reach into the fridge. I crack that shit and we're drinking more water. So I guess the universe is trying to tell me something. Could Quinn go dry again in 2022? Could we turn this into an on again, off again sort of thing? I don't think so. I did it once and uh, I don't really think I want to do it again because I don't have a problem and it was definitely good for weight loss but I'm kind of just like you know I, I think most people know I, I've, I've put on some weight and I know that's like a common phrase when you've actually put on a lot of weight but I haven't put on a lot of weight but some weight you know since the, the craziness of 2020 um, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm still exercising a lot, not this week per se. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but I'm also, uh, you know what? I still fit into the clothes and I think I look pretty good. And, um, yeah, so I don't really feel compelled to give up alcohol Sunday. And if you're curious, if if you're like the last couple episodes, Quinn hasn't talked about this. Maybe he forgot. I haven't forgotten. I was just trying to move through some other stuff more quickly and didn't end up getting to it. We we will talk at the end of the show about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because I think we're five episodes in now, something like that. I haven't talked about it the last couple of weeks. So I'll just kind of give you an amalgamation of, you know, where our characters are at, storylines, feuds, all that stuff. But Sunday, I ran the, what was it, the uh, 75th, I don't know what number it was, Chicago Marathon. And it, uh, it was really rough. And I got to tell you, I, going into this marathon, you know, in the days leading up to it, I was, I was keeping a positive attitude. And I was saying, like, you know what, the weather doesn't look like it's really going to be good for running. But I know how hard I've worked, and that's true. And I'm just going to go out and try to run my race, and the rest is out of my hands. And that's really the attitude I took. You know, everything was fine. Um, you know, woke up, or, or, you know, even Saturday I was very lazy, did a long stretch session by the lake, um, got some dinner with Rachel's family in the city, and, you know, went to bed pretty early. And it was just kind of like Sunday I woke up and I did my stuff, you know, had a banana, stretched a lot, um, drank some coffee, started loading up on sugar a little bit. And it was just, you know, got downtown. Everything was good. Like, you know, it's not my first rodeo. I definitely, definitely had some adrenaline, but not a ton. I wasn't really like, didn't have any nerves or anything. Um, and I was just kind of excited to like, you know, see, see the crowds, and have the experience, but I, I definitely knew that the humidity 
and the overall heat was just going to be I, 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 it wasn't like this isn't like the movies right where you got someone who's like been having a, a tough time training or like practice isn't going well but then the big game shows up and they just like flip a switch and it's amazing like this this is real life I had known you know just the week before I ran you know so two weekends ago and my last long-ish run while I was tapering I ran 10 miles and it was a very pretty much the exact same climate on that Saturday as what it would be eight days later for the marathon and I was just sweating my buns off not feeling you know like miserable is too strong of a word but just laboring for what should have been just like a chill 10 mile easy run in early October and so I was like okay well the climb is the same that was 10 this is 26.2 plus all the walking you have to do before and after like this is just going to be tough and so I went out and I was like you know what I'm not going to I'm not going to intentionally drag ass as I go out um, just because I feel like at some point I'm going to hit the wall regardless and yeah, I'm, you might push it a little bit further into the race when you conserve more energy at the front. In fact, you probably will. Like, yeah, that makes sense logically. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and run my race at the tempo I want to run it and just, you know, we'll see what happens. Because I had done that for, you know, about 20 miles before. And obviously there's a big difference between 20 and 26.2. But I was just like, this is just what I know how to do. So I'm going to do it. So we get started. You got to wade through all the crazy bathroom lines and stuff. There's like 40,000 people running this race. And, you know, I get going. I'm in, uh, what, wave F, I think. I was supposed to, uh, or, or second wave, corrals starting with F going back to like K or something. I was assigned to F, which would be the starting wave. And I think I ended up, it was just so crowded, so packed, I could only get up to G, which is fine. Like, who cares? It doesn't really matter. And so I got going, and I, I felt solid, but, it, you know, I just knew from the outset. And this wasn't like an attitude thing. This is just a feel thing. It was so muggy and sweaty. You know, start of the race, it was probably already like, I don't know, low 70s, and humidity was like 80% or something. It was just like... My body, unless I wanted to just, like, quit my two other jobs and not play piano, like, it wasn't going to have enough time to train my body to run an amazing race in these conditions specifically. And I don't think it'd be worth it to. Like, it's just it's just not. Like, I'll, I'll take this one day of hellish pain and a little bit extra time you know, compared to like hours and hours and lost income and lost time for other things in like the months leading up to this race. Okay, it's just like not worth it at the end of the day. So I, I'm going and uh, really, I, I really appreciate everyone who, um, you know, obviously more visibly the ones who, who cheered me on in person, which was amazing, but also just a, a ton of support. Uh, through texts and calls and social media, family members, uh, my 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 spiritual running mate, Alicia and Al McMaster, um, who recently had a, a kid. We went to grad school together, um, and just so many other people, uh, you know, friends, family, 
Uh, and then, you know, the, the people who were there in person, um, shout out to people like Haley Benson, ran right past her apartment. You know Haley from the show. She's on season one. Uh, my friend Abby Witzak was volunteering at the race. She's run the Chicago Marathon before. Uh, so got a nice shout out from her as I ran past her. And then, uh, of course, my loving GF, Rachie, saw her outside of her apartment early in the morning. And then again, was surprised when uh, she had Jose and Amanda, younger sister and father, with her who drove in to the city to support, uh, which was very kind of them. Really appreciate that on a Sunday. Um, as, as, as there was a Bears game, too, nonetheless, although later in the day. So um, basically what happened around like mile 14 or 15, the sun came out. And this is when you're, you're basically just leaving the loop or have just left the loop, you're going west out to the United Center along like Adams or something like that, and then you come back on Jackson. And it was just like the sun came out. I just started to see a lot of like splotches and darkness and blurry vision. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe we should walk for a little bit. Um, I've never passed out before uh, from like, you know, heat exhaustion or anything. I mean, probably from like drinking at a party or something but not from like oh my gosh i'm working myself so hard like i'm going down uh and i was just like you know what that's not gonna happen like this is stupid and it will happen to so many other people you know rachel was telling me she was posted up on the 33rd or 35th street bridge you know over the dan ryan and she was just like yeah i saw so many people passing out on the bridge it was scary that's like mile 21 or something like that 22 and it is scary. And I was just like, you know what? That's not going to be me. Like, does it suck to walk? Yes, especially when you know, like, I'm walking now and there's still, like, 10 miles left in this race. Because you start to do the math in your head, like, oh, my gosh. On, like, a normal day, how long does it take me to walk tw- uh, 10 miles? And the answer is a lot. So you're just kind of, like, staring down the barrel of that gun. But I was just like, I'm not going to – I'm not here to pass out. And the thing is, it wasn't like I'd been, you know, overconfident in my, you know, like water storing abilities. I was getting aid at every single station, uh, water and Gatorade. That's just like, it's, it was kind of a no brainer because of how hot and how sticky and mu- uh, mu- humid, humid and muggy it was. Humid, uh, M U M I D. So at that point, I mean, there's really not that much to say between, like, that and the finish line. Essentially, the rest of the race was, like, a lot of walking and occasionally, like, being able to, like, you know, shuffle my knees, I guess is the best way to put it. But really, I wasn't – it wasn't just the, like, oh, I'm I'm dizzy and I'm seeing stuff because that pretty much continued all the way until very close to the finish line. I was still, like, dizzy, clearly dehydrated, all that stuff, like, close to passing out. But my legs, and I've never experienced this quite this much before, but the level of cramping, and it wasn't just like, oh, well, let me just stop and stretch for a bit. Because I would do that like once every other mile. They were just like, they, they, they wouldn't move or they wouldn't work if I did anything beyond like a fast, brisk walk. It was just like you, you flex a little bit as you try to push, you try to get any sort of kick, and it was just like, nope your calves will just like seize up and it's like, well, I can't like, you can't run on this anymore. Okay. So that's essentially what I dealt with the last 10 miles or so, which is a lot of fun. 
as you can imagine. Um, and uh, I, I'm I'm proud of myself. I mean, obviously for finishing, but also like I still beat my time miraculously by about ten minutes from the Marine Corps Marathon four years ago, and which was similar conditions but with more sun, which probably explains the extra ten minutes. Um, but yeah, stayed under five hours, and it's a shame because I wanted to go under four, and I was definitely I definitely ran the front half um, to be able to do that. Um, but you know, I finished and I appreciate all the people who supported and, um, yeah, I don't know, you know, what weather seems to affect me and I'm, I'm sure this is just different from person to person. I'm I'm sure it also depends on like how you train and that sort of thing. But I, I can tell you very like clearly in training races, not races, but in training runs, throughout the summer and uh, honestly the last like 20 months since I've been running a lot, the weather affects me just in such a significant way. I mean, <coughs> I mentioned, you know, two weeks ago, my last run before the marathon was, was 10 miles on a Saturday, eight days before. And I mean, that just, that, that was pretty hard. And it's 10 miles. And it was because it was super muggy, and I was running at, like, 10 a.m., which is obviously a lot later than I like to run. But that's also when I had to run the marathon. And then I can tell you, like, I'll have runs when it's 30 degrees out and just, like, perfect running conditions, and I will just fly through a half marathon and finish and just feel like, like, let's do another one. I'm ready. So I, I don't know, and I'm I'm not going to find out because it's too much of a – scientific project to undertake and I don't care to, but like <coughs> I feel pretty confidently and there isn't really a point to this. It's just my own musings. Like I think running a marathon with ideal weather, which would be more like somewhere in the low forties and not like 80 degrees with super high humidity. I I think like that would significantly impact, um, not only how I feel and, you know, maybe not hitting the wall so early, but just obviously overall time as well. Like I, I legit still to this day think last Sunday, if I had ideal conditions, which I was never going to have, but you know, if I had ideal conditions, like I could easily run at least 40 to 50 minutes, if not a full hour quicker or complete the 26.2 miles in, in, you know, 45 to 60 minutes quicker than what I did. Um, which I don't think is terribly unreasonable considering it's over the course of 26.2 and you realize how much I walked. Like I, I personally think that I train my ass off and for me specifically, just me in particular, like that's how severely the weather affects me. So I don't know, not complaining or anything that's just like, sort of how I feel about it but anyways uh it's over I was pretty sore uh Monday and uh probably until about yesterday before I really like completely felt fine um even now like there are some parts of my legs where like if you you know dig into them you'll be like oh that's more sore than normal but I can walk perfectly normal (coughs) and then of course the uh 
the one thing that, you know, I'll probably forget about in years, but it was very much a factor as well. I had a cold during all of this, and it wasn't until yesterday, I think, was my first day where I didn't have any cold symptoms. I started, came down with it last Wednesday. They usually last a week for me, and that's exactly what happened because Wednesday, two days ago, was the last day of having to, like, consistently blow my nose and have a sore throat and stuff. So that was fun to deal with um, yeah, on Sunday as well. You know, once you get going, once you get your blood pumping, you don't really notice it too much, which is great. But you figure in in some, like, underlying way that you don't necessarily think about or are conscious of. Like, it probably affects your body on some level as well. I'm not a doctor, but that's just my guess. Okay. As you might have been able to tell as we're 29 minutes into the show, this was more of like a a fallout type episode or a follow-up than like a distinct (coughs) we've got something to say type of show. Um, We are just a couple shows away from 200, so I think this is what, 197? Next week is 8. Week after that is Halloween. That's 199. And the week after that will be in the Big Apple uh, where Beantown hits 200. So that's the plan. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon. If you need a home inspected in Central Oregon, you want a safe, certified home inspector, you know who to trust. His name is Steve. He's my dad. Call him at 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com. He'll get you taken care of. Mention Quinn. Limited time only. 0% discount. And uh, you'll be thankful you did. Uh, home Pride Oregon inspection <coughs> in uh, perfection. I absolutely hate it when you've got a cough that you just can't shake while you're doing a live recording. That's that's rough. Unfortunately, the Richard Drainwater is not helping. It's not making it worse, but it's not helping. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to our good friends, Cuts by Q. I got a fresh cut last Thursday, I think it was. And uh, I got to tell you, it was a little, like, you know, because I shaved down the sides and the back, and I got a little fade action going on top. And it's it's always a little like severe or extreme the first couple of days, but I think already, like, I feel like I've grown into it. So I'm feeling very confident about this look. Uh, let's see. When you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, call the experts at Cuts by Q, and I'll get you taken care of. And finally, the Samson Q2U series got crisp, clean, clear audio quality. I got to tell you, we're going to New York in, what, three weeks here? And I suppose we'll have, we'll have the second Samson there. And we haven't done the two-mic setup in a while. In fact, I have this new Samson that I bought in the like spring, maybe, and I haven't, uh, I haven't actually set it up or used it yet. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, everything works okay. I'm confident. I've done it once. I can do it again. Okay, so. <coughs> Uh, the Samson Q2U series, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Okay, so the last couple of minutes of the show here, just giving you, uh, checking in on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Because we're officially, like, into the season now. And you figure the Jen Shaw arrest footage is going to be slotted in at some point in the next maybe three to five episodes would be my hope. These seasons are usually like 20 to 22 episodes long. 
this is we've done five weeks so there's probably like 16 or 17 more episodes left and so i figure we get another like three to five then that would leave around like 15 to 17 for the gen shaw stuff is that right no it's a little bit less like 12 to 15 or something i mean that seems like a good amount I got to tell you, Real House of Salt Lake City, it's good stuff, but but all eyes this week were on uh, part one of the four-part Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. There's a lot going on there because there's, what, seven housewives? You got, uh, you got uh, let's see, Erica, Dorit, Sutton, Garcelle, Lisa, Kyle, Crystal, and Kathy's basically a housewife, too. So you have seven and a half. Um so there's a lot going on there. It's four parts, four hours, as you might expect. So part one was this last Wednesday, and I watched that. Eyes glued to the big screen. But Salt Lake City happens on Sunday nights. Rachel and I watched it last Sunday night after my marathon. So I got to tell you, I, I and I didn't get hydrated, like rehydrated, until some point Monday afternoon. So I was still dazed, certainly not loopy. Like I, I was in good spirits, and I think I was thinking pretty clearly you know, throughout the rest of Sunday after the race, but it was just like obviously tired, and I don't remember too much from Sunday specifically. But essentially, since since we last checked in, let's just run down where the ladies are at. So we got six housewives, <clears throat> and right now the biggest kind of feud there. There's kind of two feuds that are happening, and neither one of them is terribly interesting. And they're both they both were intentionally kind of like tied up at the end of this episode so it's it's interesting to see sort of where things will go next while we're still in this like pre-gen shot arrest kind of phase of the season so the first feud is very kind of strange and something that like one party knows they're feuding the other party really doesn't so you got lisa and you got whitney and basically what happened last week was Whitney was throwing some sort of party or someone was throwing a party. I think Whitney was. And she was using like caterers that are like Lisa's caterers or something like that. And essentially Lisa has this other friend. Whitney got introduced to her. Whitney found out it was her cousin. So now Whitney is like trying to, you know, become closer friends with this person because it's her cousin. I don't recall her name. It's like a blonde female. And Lisa's basically feeling really butthurt about the fact that like apparently Whitney's trying to steal her friends now. And Lisa asked this cousin to be like, don't identify yourself as Whitney's cousin. And it's just kind of like, Lisa, what the fuck? And so Whitney's throwing this party in like hours or the day before the party, the caterers are basically like after after Lisa and Whitney had had this argument, the next day the caterers are like, we're sorry, we can no longer cater this party. And so basically what happened is, <coughs> excuse me, Lisa like told these caterers to pull out of, Le- of Whitney's thing at the last second, which is just like a stupid low blow move. Because I think it's, it's something for charity or like a birthday party or something. It wasn't like Whitney was throwing like her own party. It was something for like charity, which is just really silly. So it just made Lisa look really bad and very petty. And so there's kind of like this pseudo feud where in my mind, like Whitney hasn't done anything. And Lisa is just like being Lisa, which is just at times very irritating and impersonal and cold. And so they sit down and, 
you know, they're both like, I feel like we don't have an issue. And then next episode, there's always an issue. So that's kind of where we're at. Like, apparently they've resolved things. I don't know. Like, it's just Lisa's personality. Like, she's just can be a real pain in the ass sometimes. The other feud is the more, it's much easier to understand. And it's not even a feud. It's just literal cyberbullying. Jen Shaw, her her Twitter accounts, her social media accounts, like Twitter and Instagram, have been liking, sharing, retweeting, whatever, like, insults directed at Brooks Marks, who's Meredith's son. Brooks is, um, he, you know, he's like 21. He's trying to be a fashion designer. He is, you know, likely gay, but, like, hasn't come out, like, hasn't said any of that, like, hasn't made anything public. It's his choice. Great. But Jen is basically, like, liking a lot of homophobic slurs, spreading that stuff on the internet. And her excuse is like, well, it's not me. It's it's my people. And it's just like, Jen Shai, you are a dumbass. It's your accounts. Like, who gives a shit if it's, like, you are the one pressing the button or not? So this episode, Meredith and Brooks go to this bar slash restaurant and meet Jen Shah there. And they're, like, sitting down at the table, and they're going to have a hash it out moment. And Brooks is like, Mom, to Meredith, I think, you know, I just want to do this with Jen, which is like, okay, that makes sense. But then Meredith literally, I'm not kidding. This is hilarious. Five to six feet away shifts from the table that Brooks and Jen are sitting at and goes and sits at the bar. And literally, as Brooks and Jen are having this conversation, anytime it shows anything as Jen, you just see in the background, Meredith is like literally sitting there six feet away from this table at the bar, just like listening to them talk. So it's like, yes, she gave them their privacy. Also, she's sitting five to six feet away. So I don't really get it. It was pretty hilarious. I was, I was, I was laughing pretty hard at that. So basically, Jen Shaw apologizes, which she always does. Jen Shaw is the queen of the apology. And like Lisa, she'll just go back and do the same shit next week. And um, yeah, Brooks and Jen are good now until the next time Jen cyber bullies him. So that's, that'll be fun. The best part of this episode for me guys night out oh yeah so you get coach shaw you get john who's lisa's husband who like doesn't get a lot of airtime. you get seth marks meredith's husband the guy who's like selling tires in akron or wherever and then you get uh chris rose whitney's husband um and then the other the other three husbands um uh meredith husband is not really part of the show They're, they've been divorced for a while Dewey is Jenny, the new one's husband. He's like a doctor, so he's not he's not part of the bro gang. And then uh, Robert Senior, Mary's grandfather, um, is like eighty five, so he's not he's not really a cool dad bro. But the bros, the four of them, definitely need their own spinoff because they go to this restaurant. They get like some oysters or something. They're cracking jokes. Seth makes a really like out-of-taste rape joke about having sex with his wife only when she's asleep. Everyone laughs. It's a great time. So that was the best part of the episode. And uh, that that's kind of where things are at. We're still not really getting anything interesting out of Jenny, the newest housewife. Basically, the only storyline is that she doesn't want to have more kids than her husband does. And it should just be because they already have three, and their youngest one is like nine. And it could should kind of just be like an open and shut, like, okay, yeah, so we're not going to have any more kids kind of thing. And they just keep rehashing the same conversation. So, to be honest, really bored by them. Like, the daughter is really precocious and cute. The other two kids are in that, like, 
we're not going to like super quiet, like don't want to be on camera kind of phase, which is fine. I get it. Um, but there's just not, not that much interesting going on there. Meredith's oldest daughter got into college. She really wants to go to UCSB, I think, UCSB, Santa Barbara. So she got in. They showed the reaction, you know, live on the show, which was exciting. And um, now she's just – Meredith is kind of in her own world right now, like dealing with her – I think she has three daughters and, like, just kind of navigating that and, like, dealing with birds and the bees type stuff, like yada, yada, yada used to be a Mormon, isn't anymore. Kids are deciding if they want to be or not. Like, it's fine. It's not very dramatic, but it's interesting. I appreciate it. It's wholesome. And that's pretty much what's going on. Uh, if you're curious, Mary Cosby left the house this episode. She and Whitney are kind of hanging out. She, like, brought cookies to Whitney's, I think. And um, I feel like something else kind of interesting happened with Mary Cosby, but that, that's pretty much it. We haven't had, I think, I don't think we've had all... Of the ladies together, all seven of them together in one place. It might have happened in like the first episode at a certain point, but I can't recall. Um, and yeah, I think everyone is just kind of waiting for Jen Shaw to get arrested at this point. It happened in real life in like January or February, I think, of this year, which was probably like, I don't know, slightly over halfway through their filming, I would assume, but I don't actually know. So we'll see how many more episodes they, they, they have a sit through before we get to that. Um, it's been, it's been fine so far. This last episode was solid. Um, but you know, we're all just kind of like waiting for that moment we know is going to happen. Okay. So it's kind of like anything that happens, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, like let's move on. So it's still good. Still having a good time. Really excited for, uh, the arrest stuff. So that's what's going on with Real Housewives with Salt Lake City. And uh, I got to tell you, even though today's been day off from one job, it has not been the day off from other jobs. And so I've still been working my tail off um, with those. And that involves a lot of talking sometimes. So uh, I'm actually all talked out. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm going to finish my rainwater. I'm going to get an alcoholic beverage, either some whiskey or maybe one of the beers, not sure. But I'm pretty liquidated right now. And, uh, oh, yeah, my last final thought, uh, I never talk about Jeopardy on this show, but I got to tell you, um, during the Matt Amodio run, if you don't know, uh, he is the second longest win streak in Jeopardy history, won about a million and a half dollars. He lost on Monday, and for the last, like, month or so, I've just been watching every day. It's pretty easy to find it around, like, Four or five in the afternoon, day of, you can find you know find the episode on someone's YouTube channel. Uh, so I've been watching that every day, even since he lost this week. You know they got a new champ who's going for his fifth straight win today. The guy who knocked him off on Monday. Uh, but I've just been watching a lot of that lately because it's good. You know it's quality twenty minutes of entertainment every day, Monday through Friday. But I just want to give a shout out to Matt Amodio. I follow him on Twitter. Like he's a really nice, amazing guy. And uh, he had a hell of a run and second longest win streak ever in Jeopardy history, like better than James Holzhauer. So <clears throat> I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, give him a, a shout out from this show. That's what I got for you. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, head to beantownpodcast.com. Email us, go to the comment section, or just bask in the glow of my uh, 
web presence. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the other places your podcasts are found every once in a while on YouTube. And uh, yeah, looking forward to episode 200. Thank you everyone for listening. Email us, beantownpodcast, yahoo.com is podcast at yahoo.com. We are going to Lake Geneva in just about an hour or two here. Going to go do some fun fall autumnal activities. And I heard there's a hot tub, so uh, the rest of the show has been censored. Everyone, thank you for listening. We're going to go take a trip. Hope you have a good day. And uh, yeah, let's cue up that music because I am going to check in on you next time. Bye.